Is RFK Jr. too scared to lead? Well, it sure seems like he's running scared from someone. Take a listen to this soundbite from Vivek Ramaswamy on Patrick Bet David's podcast. I just wish he wasn't so scared of me. <laughs> Why do you think he's scared of you? Oh, I mean, the number of networks. I mean, you should, I, I don't, if the dates work out, you could actually offer him the same thing. I mean, I can't tell you the number of podcasts, networks, et cetera, that have said, hey, would you have an open discussion with RFK? I said, absolutely, I would do it. <laughs> and every time he backs out of it, you know, I, 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 haven't, I'm not, I haven't been the one, you know, I mean, it's been networks that have repeatedly been pounding both of us. Every time I say yes, and every time it's, oh, he didn't want to do it. And I think that that's a little bit unbecoming of him because this is a guy, I love the fact that he's fearless. Go all the way with being fearless. And that's what I would say. And so maybe he will. And so I want to give him, give him room for that. But that's all I would say is the I'm one sure he's disappointment. See He'll see this. Yeah, Who do you think good. he is? He's a good dude. He's yeah. a good dude. So is RFK Jr. afraid to debate a 38-year-old man? I hope not. But when you keep backing out of the opportunity, what other options am I left to believe? Now, if I was running for office right now, I'd want to have my P's and Q's in order before talking to Vivek. He goes after people for their inconsistencies, their hypocrisy. Just watch the last debate. So if I had to come up with some inconsistencies about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., things that he might be running from, these would be the top five. The first one is guns. RFK Jr. tweeted that, quote, Parkland students are right. The NRA is a terror group. And this was just five years ago. So it's not like he can feign, oh, I was young and stupid, or that was a long time ago. That's pretty recent. When asked by Hannity about this statement, RFK Jr. feigned confusion that he didn't recall tweeting that. In fact, he repeated the refrain, quote, I don't consider them a terror group, and I support the Second Amendment. While that might have been an answer, it wasn't an explanation. Why did he say this in the first place? Why was he so clueless? Why did he have such contempt for firearm owners? Why does he falsely equate a lobbying organization, as corrupt as the NRA may be, to a terrorist organization? And most importantly, if he has changed his opinion, what was his reasoning? Or is it just politically convenient to have this opinion right now? Will it be harder for you to get votes from Trump supporters if you oppose guns? And let's remember, he stated in a News Nation town hall since announcing his run that he would sign an assault weapons ban if it passed Congress. RFK sure has a lot of explaining to do on firearms, or he could just continue to run away from it. Now second, RFK Jr. is just staffing his campaign with family and friends. It's a Nepo baby fantasy, just the good old boy system at work. It's not about uniting America. It's about taking your donations and then using it to grant contracts to his buddies. There's a fun read from the Daily Beast titled, Meet the Misfits Working to Elect RFK Jr. Granted, they don't like Kennedy because of his anti-vaccine stance, but get past that. And what it reveals about his staff will surely piss you off. It's nothing but a cash cow for the Kennedy clan. Recently, he replaced his campaign manager, Dennis Kucinich, with his millennial daughter-in-law. Her best qualification is that she married his son. Sure, she did work for the CIA and got a book deal from it, but with a Kennedy connection, probably anybody could do that. Now, this article was written before she took over as campaign manager, but still, it will definitely piss you off. Financial disclosures showed that in one month, back in June... 
she made more than $21,000. Imagine bringing in more than $21K a month. I sure know I can't. But remember, these are the people that fill your pain with inflation and the price of groceries and gas prices and a poor job market. Because where is there a millennial that is making that much for that easy of work with that low bar of a screening process? I mean, did she find this gig on LinkedIn or did she just find it with the man lying next to her in bed? Now, Kennedy also hired a man named Charles Eisenstein as an advisor. His qualifications? Well, he's one of those woo-woo self-help authors. Because, you know, a guy that wrote something called The Yoga of Eating Knows Policy and Political Strategy. Am I right? He decided during COVID, like a lot of people, that he was some sort of public health expert and started giving out his opinion on the matter. From the start of the campaign in April up through August when the article was written, he was paid nearly $45,000. Some nice dough. What if I wrote a book titled Shitting the Bed of Campaigning? Do you think they'd hire me? Another guy on the list is named Del Bigtree. He's known as a major anti-vaccine loudmouth, and he's also on the payroll, to the tune of more than $13,000. His payment came under the title of Communications Consulting. Now, wouldn't you think a guy that hates vaccines and is in his position with his platform, claiming to be for the people, would not take $13,000 of donations? for just giving his old friend Kennedy his opinion? I don't know. That's just me. I would just help my boy out, you know? Now, there's a bunch of other talentless boobs who got their jobs from being well-connected, but there's no way that they demonstrated talent for their position or went through a strenuous screening process. It's not like these jobs were on Indeed or Monster.com. But of course, no one seemed to write the Daily Beast back when they inquired about their qualifications. It's like they're all in on this game or something. It's kind of like George Carlin said, there's a big old club and you ain't in it. The best part is his friends get rich and you get the honor of working for free. At first, the campaign would let you be a fundraiser, again, for free, of course, for several months. And then if you were good enough, wink, wink, they might hire you. But, you know, that's a pretty arbitrary standard. And how many of those people do you think they're actually going to pay if they've already got them on the line working for free? Now, recently, they sent out an email looking for, of course, more volunteers to do more work for them. Their November 13th campaign email reads, quote, Are you a natural leader? Want a historic position leading in your state? We are actively seeking volunteer state lead teams for building our nationwide movement. While these positions will begin as a volunteer, the campaign will hire first from successful volunteer leaders. Oh my God, I get to do unpaid work for an elitist family who has more money than I'll ever be able to dream about? I can't wait to sign up, but first I must put on my clown makeup. Number three, he's bragging about being the top choice among independent young voters. Sure, in that category, he does beat Trump and Biden by 5%. But in case you don't know this, Young people don't vote. Does he know anything about politics? That's like Pepsi saying they're expecting record sales because diabetics prefer their soda to Coke. His whole story is that he's the top choice with the young and the only one who can beat Biden or Trump. But it's laughable. He's probably just afraid he'll lose some of these young supporters if he talks or debates Vivek Ramaswamy. Need another clue his campaign is run by stupidity? Well, already mentioned that he swapped out Kucinich for his daughter-in-law. 
Well, the president of Children's Health Defense, an organization he founded against basically vaccines, she left to work on his campaign when it launched back in April. But then just four months later, she was back at the Children's Health Defense. Seems like a lot of rotating chairs. I wonder, why does no one seem to be able to or want to stick around the Kennedy campaign? I'll let you answer that one. Fourth, he has stated that he wants to jail climate skeptics. In a blog post for his organization, Waterkeeper Alliance, he wrote the following, quote, Laws in every state maintain that companies that fail to comply with prescribed standards of corporate behavior may be either dissolved or, in the case of foreign corporations, lose their rights to operate within that state's borders. These rules can be quite expansive, and in contrast to the U.S. Supreme Court's recent rulings on campaign finance law, companies under state laws enjoy far less protection than human beings. New York, for example, prescribes corporate death whenever a company fails to serve the common good and to cause no harm. Yeah, well, it gets worse. Buckle up. He goes on to say, Quote, any state attorney general with the will, resolve, and viscera to stand up to the dangerous and duplicitous corporate propagandists has authority to annul the charters of each of these mercenary merchants of deceit. An attorney general with particularly potent glands could revoke the charters, not just oil industry surrogates like AEI and CEI. He or she could also withdraw state operating authority from the soulless nationalist oil companies that have sponsored big lie campaigns and forced them to sell their in-state assets to more responsible competitors. Now that's some aggressive language there, potent glands. But he just wants to shut down companies that don't buy into his climate change theory. But don't worry, he's not done. He just keeps doubling down. He says, quote, Coke Industries and ExxonMobil have particularly distinguished themselves as candidates for corporate death. My God, for a liberal, he sure likes to kill people. But I guess that comes part and parcel with the whole abortion thing, right? Now he elaborates, quote, No other companies have worked harder or spent more money to impede the government from taking action on global warming to safeguard public welfare. Both companies have employed artifice on massive scale and spent tens of millions of dollars to purchase fraudulent junk sites. The greedy, immoral, antisocial pathology behind ExxonMobil and Koch's mendacious crusade is even starker than open acknowledgement since 2007 by the other major oil companies, including Shell, Chevron, and BP, that burning oil is causing climate change. Now, if you took that exact paragraph where he talks about junk science and just replaced the oil part with anti-vaccine stance, you would think they were talking about him. This is the same propaganda and verbiage that he doesn't like said about him and his cause, but he's saying it about big oil. So he doesn't seem to play very fair. Rules for thee, but not for me. Now, aside from ExxonMobil and Coke Industries, Kennedy says that the Cato Institute, the Heritage Foundation, Americans for Prosperity, the Heartland Institute, and the American Enterprise Institute, among others, should get the death penalty, that corporate death he mentioned. These are all premier conservative organizations. I wonder if he regrets going after his primary voting base. It's a classic definition of shitting in your own dinner plate, am I right? But I saved the best for last. 
Kennedy came out and admitted to flying on Epstein's plane back in 1993. He clarifies it was just once. He was with his wife and kids. He says he was just going to see his mom for Easter, and he accepted a ride from Epstein. Seems weak. I mean, my God, he's Kennedy. He couldn't just hop on a commercial plane or rent a private charter or, I don't know, drive, hire somebody to take him there. Whatever. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, though, since it was just one ride and it was back in 93. But this is what I don't excuse. He attended a party at Ghislaine Maxwell's house. I'm not making this up. The images are on the Getty website. It's a little bit difficult to find on there, so click the link in the description and it'll take you straight to it so you can see it for yourself. This was a reception for something called Star Talk Live Waterworld Panel Discussion. This was in 2014. Epstein was arrested and incarcerated for soliciting sex from a minor in 2008. So everybody knew, everyone was well aware of Epstein's pedophilia problem. And everyone knew about his longtime business partner slash girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell. So what was Kennedy doing there? And this time, his wife and kids weren't with him. Now, I'd ask Kennedy why he showed up to her party, but he'd probably run away from me just like he does Vivek Ramaswamy. Thanks for listening to Overnight Opinions. Be sure to tune in next Sunday night for an all-new episode. In the meantime, be sure to follow the Ladies Love Politics channel on TikTok Instagram, YouTube, Brighty on Social, Truth Social, and Twitter.